Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another Monday. It's raining outside. Well, actually, just stopped raining outside. So, um, if for some reason at some point I just go away, please uh, send some our way. It may be due to the thunderstorm. Are you guys struggling for some rain? The struggle is real. The lake is now as low as it's been since they started filling it up in the 30s. Really? Because it seems like every year I hear that. Is every no, year just getting lower? Yeah, every year it got lower, <laughs> and now it's at that tipping point, and they're probably going to start. Raising the alarm bells here in southern Nevada. What is interesting is we have saved so much water with our conservation efforts. We got like eight years worth of water in the bank, so to speak. And we only use 8% or I'm sorry, 2% of the water out of that lake. Guess where most of it goes? Um, Los Angeles. Yep. I think it's time for them to start building some desalinization plants and getting the F off the lake myself. But they don't have the money. They're spending like $30 billion a year on the homeless problem that they can't seem to even get a, a 1.0% grip on. I don't know what in the holy hell. They, and they're chasing all their uh, the people out of state like locusts. They've, they've decimated the crops. That is California. Now they've moved on to Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Montana, Texas. And places, you know, their politicians are so out of touch oh, there, like especially the mayor of LA. He is so out of touch or just refuses, or obviously, well, I guess out of touch is a little, little mean because clearly he can't show his the fact that he knows that people hate him. But I bring it up because he, like, his office is sending out letters to um, registered Democrats asking them to donate three dollars to help. Uh, pay for advertising revenue and efforts to stem the Republican recall, even though he fails to realize that 63% of the Democrats in L.A. want him gone, too. And what's also amazing is him and, and, and yeah, Mayor Garcetti and then the mayor of Austin, I've heard them all say that the, the housing crisis is due to uh, the cost of housing and then it's not actually drugs and alcohol. Bullshit. And you and I both know that if you interview any, so all this stuff is self-reported, right? Mm-hmm. So you interview people on the street. What's what are they going to blame it on? Uh, they're going to blame it on the blood, drugs, and alcohol, or are they just going to, you know, run the victim card and say, "I just can't afford a home." How much of that is actual true? So they say this, but what is the truth of the matter? How many of these people actually have drug, drug and alcohol addictions and or, or psychosis issues? Most of them. Unfortunately, a lot of them are vets, which sucks. But uh, Well, and that does suck, but, but a lot of them being vets is a small population, too. Um, <clears throat> um, expand on that. I'm trying to pull up a documentary that'll help answer the question but yeah, the homeless yeah, I, just, I was listening to joe rogan show they had the mayor of austin on he was talking about it and 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 you know and i'm just like have you met homeless people mm-hmm. you know most of them don't look like they can rub two two uh two brain cells together unfortunately and now the question is you know how many of these people are is it a victim of circumstance and how they were raised and and that kind of situation, how much of it is uh, due to their own stupidity and then how much of it is actual housing? Because uh, I think there's been several studies that, 
that show that it is not the housing crisis because you usually end up um, consolidating homes, so to speak. And that's what we're expecting to see a lot of out of this pandemic, right? Multiple generations moving together, extended family moving in together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, we're just seeing an influx of Californians. You know, if you want an example of why it's important not to let your own ego, your own thoughts, your own lack of desire to hear someone saying something or maybe talking about something that you instinctively think that you're not going to agree with, so why you waste your time? Here's a perfect reason not to do that. Um, like 2005 or 2006, remember the um, the band, the Fugees? Yes. Ready or not, here I come, you may hide. Uh, we all know Lauren Hill. And those of you from the Eminem fan, uh, listeners know his little quote by Lauren Hill tapes where kids can starve. Well, Don, that never made sense to me. Well, see, back in the day, there was an interview with Lauren Hill. Uh, when they asked her how she felt about her success of the Fugees, she, or the Fugees, uh, she said, well, to be honest with you, I never anticipated so many white kids uh, listening to my stuff. And the quote, now I'm just paraphrasing after 18 years, but the quote was something along the lines is I would rather not sell an album and have my kids starve than a bunch of white kids listening to my album. Hence Eminem's lyric by another Lauren Hill tapes so or kids can starve. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a racist statement. Well, it was back then. It is now, but anyhow, reason I bring it up. Um, there was another member of that band called Praz Michael. Now I was flipping through Netflix a few years back. Fuck you. Sorry. Interruption. First round. First game round three against Canadians, we've just scored. So I didn't I'm know not it was watching the goddamn season. Stanley Cup playoffs for you guys. Well, there you go. <laughs> Anyhow, Praz Michael, who was a number member of that band, in like 2005, 2006, he put out a documentary called Skid Row. And the whole premise was being, as a famous person, as someone who came over here from overseas and who experienced being poor and now is a millionaire, he wanted to get an idea of the question you just asked what is it about? The people, I'm sorry, we can't say homeless anymore now. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, no, fuck it. They're homeless. The new, the new woke word terminology is people experiencing homelessness. The unhoused. They're bums. Anyhow, he wanted to figure out, like you were just talking about, well, what exactly makes people homeless or puts them in that situation? Is it, in fact, oh, I lost my job, can't afford my rent? Is it... um? you know, somebody's mentally ill or is it drug addiction or all three and what the, you know, he just wanted to get an uncensored, unbiased view. And much like you're talking about the, um, not the mayor of Austin, but there was another interview where, um, there there was a mayor of a, um, small, smaller city out in, um, or blue. Where is, um, shit. Anyhow, use your words. I'm trying to uh, Portland, um, outside of Portland, a small town in Oregon. The mayor didn't tell anybody. He just put in a week's worth of vacation and vanished. And he went and went undercover as a homeless person for a week to answer the same question. But I bring this one up first. So Praz said, hey, well, let's get on a skid row. I'm going to disguise myself. I got to hide my camera because people don't trust people with cameras, especially back in 2005. Not everybody had iPhones on them. It was still relatively new for everybody and their grandmothers to have cameras and high quality Film grade digital cameras weren't as small as they are now. Even the small yeah, ones aren't that small. Quite costly. They're costly and cumbersome back then. And um, so he went down to Skid Row. And to go back to how I set this up with reason why you shouldn't allow yourself not to watch something or listen to somebody because you perceive they may have a different opinion than you. I saw this. I saw who was in it, and I, and rightfully so. I was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be a long list of how the system failed these people, right? Because well, that's what you just anticipate. 
So he goes down there. He's undercover. You're watching this documentary. And long story short, he found out back in 2005, anyhow. Let me guess. There were a lot of just fucked up people. Uh, you did have your mentally ill. You had a small, small percentage of families who the dad and mom lost their jobs, whatever. Um, you had a larger amount of single moms who got divorced and you know never really had a job because they always took care of the kids, and now they're trying to figure out their own way. <laughs> And but, you got to remember, uh, homeless also they count people who serve couches and stay with relatives. Well, and that's a good point. Remind me here in a minute because I had another question about that. But kind of me too. Well, that was going to be my question. Um, what he discovered was a majority of them chose to be out there, especially in 2005 because they didn't have as lax drug laws as they do now. But a majority of them wanted to be out there because they wanted to live a life that allowed them to do their hard, 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 hardcore drugs all day. And he kind of be kept down with the boot on the throat by the man. He he kind of didn't want to accept this, if you will. And so there's one cat he kind of opened up to and grew into liking for. He went as far as tracking this cat's family down, who had been looking for this gentleman for like five years. Told him where they're at, and at the end of the documentary, they give you a little update. Family reached out to him. He did not want to go home. He wanted to stay on the streets. And so to answer the early question, and, and long story short, the mayor of the small town outside of Portland I was talking about, he discovered the same thing. He said what he discovered is if you go to like the shelters, like the um, the churches, anywhere that actually provides a physical shelter and a food line, most of the people there are the, um, the small selection of families, um, the single moms who lost their jobs. Um, he found that the druggies and the schizos really didn't stay in the shelters because they didn't want the rule. They didn't like the rules. These are well structured thing. You got to be in bed at a certain time. No drug use. No, you know, can't be in there wasted. There's structure to that. And these people were st- going there, living there, working, and saving up money so they can afford a new apartment. And then he said you had the, uh, basically, the ones who lived in small camps outside. A lot of those were a group of single women who didn't have kids, but who were kind of living together to protect themselves from, because you're stronger in the group. And then, like, basically the ones who were living in the woods and on the sidewalk, free roaming, they just, as we're saying, just they just want to do drugs all day. And so a well, huge it, part of it is mental illness and drug abuse. Yeah, uh, interesting segue. I uh, met my wife's cousin. She hasn't seen him in, like, 20 years. And he's 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 55. He's a retired uh corrections officer out of wisconsin one of the things this guy likes to do is he he's a serious backpacker he'll go out and he will hike the at the pacific crest he's looking to do the continental divide and by time he's done or if he's in a way station or you know just kind of hanging out in civilization to get some stores people come by and just slip him bills and money he goes these people don't realize i got three thousand dollars worth of equipment on my Mm -hmm. back you know, and and it's interesting. And he talked about, you know, he'd do hitchhike, he'd get in a car and it's air conditioned, the windows are up and all of a sudden the air condition stays on and the, the windows come down and he goes, man, I am so sorry. I need to take a shower. Yeah. Because you know, cause you get nose blind to your own funk, right? Absolutely. And kind of like people with lots of pets. They, and, they don't get it when they walk in their door. And so I don't have his list because we really, this was, this is part of the imp- you know, the improv part of our show where we're just talking about what's in our head. So I don't have the the mayor's name. And I apologize for that. But one of the things he said he discovered too was that when you go to the homeless, like the deep camps, 
mm-hmm. especially in Portland because the camp in his town had been cleaned up, so he had to spend two days in the one in Portland. He said that the communities down there were getting so much support from the middle class and upper middle class people, you might say, have some guilt or whatever. You know, they just think they're helping, which, you know, hypothetically are. He said, interestingly enough, he ate better and had access to better blankets and clothing down in the street outdoor camps than actually at the shelters because no one gives money and food and donations to the physical shelters. They're just going down and dropping it off. He's thinking, so for a lot of these people, it's they're eating better <laughs> down there because they're getting all this free hot food and this and that. And it just they get to live the lifestyle in which they want to live, but sadly it requires trash and a lot of people's property and vagrancy. Absolutely. Uh, and so the solution he came up with, because he was trying to come up with solutions for his town, was, okay, we're going to put an end to public camping. You can't camp in sidewalks in the city and on people's properties, but we are going to set up, you know, state-owned, city-owned properties, you know, where you can your set area. up your camp. You want to live in a tent here? This is where you Go do see. it. Have a ball. They probably Climb up my leg and have two. Johns and some portable showers and and all that stuff but uh yeah it's it's uh it's insane now i will believe the the housing situation being an issue is if a lot of people start getting evicted but i won't even do it without question first question i'll ask is well you know what did you do with that all that ppp you know all that money you got that extra extra you know extra uh unemployment that you actually probably making more money mm-hmm. um Oh, you know, and a lot of them will end up, and I've heard horror stories from other uh, landlords when I was one. <coughs> yeah, this guy goes to work every day, but he quit paying his mort- He quit paying his rent. Never was missing because, you know, there's certain people in the government who said, you know, you need to, like AOC, you said you, you need to quit paying. Let me ask you this, though. Was it you just got to write those months off, or was it more like, you know, 90 days same as cash with no interest where, you know, hey, um, the tenant is expect to pay this back, whether it's through you know payments or whatever, or is it oh just write it off completely and don't worry it about is, it? No, it is you got to work the deal with your landlord. And see, and that's what I was kind of getting to. So people are getting this PPE money, the extra unemployment, and they just hear because they don't care, they don't do the research. It's Facebook syndrome. They just read headlines and move on. Oh, I don't have to pay my rent, and they can't kick me out. Okay. Xbox, PlayStation, news clothes. Xbox, PlayStation, bag of weed, news clothes, and then. Time comes. Got to get rims. Oh, what do you mean? I got. They said I didn't have. No, they said that if you couldn't afford to pay your rent, that we couldn't kick you out. You need to come to us. That's not what I. And then boom, out on your ass. To pay the piper will come. Mm -hmm. It's going to be harder to pay it then than it is now. We are going to play the updated. Gordon was actually gone the day we premiered this new segment, and this is the updated list, and it's pretty self-explanatory. So here we go. And now this week's list of common words or phrases that are no longer acceptable in woke society. Attic, non-white, elderly, homeless, sex change, exotic, insane, man hours, alcoholic, dead naming, misgendering, transgenderism, transgendered, trans woman. Trans man, homosexual, sexual preference, sex change, mom, dad, he, she, master. 
And so these are words that you want to try to remove from your daily vocabulary right now. That is, if you want to have standing in our new woke society. <sighs> the world's going crazy, aren't we? Oh, did I forget to unmute you? I apologize. There you are. <laughs> How do you refer to a male or a female then? Uh, you got to ask them what the pronouns are. I think they want us to default so, to he or, or to which, they. I've been going to the doctor just, you know, my yearly health health checkups and stuff and i am seeing the how do you identify question mm -hmm. a lot of the paperwork mm -hmm. uh, as i said before i went to t-mobile the guy that worked there he uh had his pronouns right was listed right below his name on his name tag and again i'm just like why are we letting emotions run this society now emotions are not a bad thing it isn't like like you know like um vulcans where it's all logic no emotions but it, it's like it's taking the emotions of a 21 year old male who's confused as f and and that's the marching orders on how society will be run is there something wrong with us that we don't get over fixated on things such as you know Oh my God, why do they, why am I a mister? Why am I a he? Why am I a straight? Why am I a meat eater? Why am I a... No, because there's more important shit to worry about. It's just, world. I know, it's so funny. All this stuff only happens in you like... You truly don't have any problems if that's what the F you're fucking mm -hmm. worried about. I am sorry. It's and just... I'm sure once you get out of like the United States, Canada, Germany, and Great Britain... The shit goes out the window. No one Meanwhile, actually, I China know, and Russia are just laughing at it. And I think it was actually Sweden or Norway, one of those two uh, Nordic countries or up in that area. One of them actually f created a new law preventing future use of government forcing documentation to use non-binary and non-sexual explicit. So they're basically they're saying no. They're going the opposite way. They're saying we're not putting any of this new terminology into our documentation or official government statements, which is. A good thing when it comes to maintaining just i mean at the end of the day it's it, the the whole intent for it is for simplicity of documentation and logistics i mean at the end of the day i've heard a new term so we've heard biological male biological female right birthing people but now i've heard natal male natal female meaning that's what you were when you were in the womb what if i was a test tube baby that's a term I haven't heard in a long time. I used to be thrown out as an insult in the 70s or 80s. You're a test tube baby. <laughs> Remember that? I think you're called CRISPR babies now. <laughs> Shut up, test tube baby. You got name test tube baby. Shout out to uh, Hakeem Velez. Um, I was going through my TikTok today, and I get a blue check mark following me. Like, hey, I think it's the first time I have a... I got a legit check mark. No, not me. Is it but somebody no, following, no, following me? Following you, like who is Hakeem Velez? Forgive me if I'm not mispronouncing your last name. V a l l e s. Val Valleys Velez. He is an American football tight end who played uh, for the Blues. The uh, I'm sorry, the Blues of the Spring League. He also played for the Cardinals and the Lions. So I have an ex NFL player following me on TikTok now, and basically his whole thing is he's kind of going around doing what a lot of uh, former. NFL players are who experience not maybe them so much, but people on their team, uh, people who blew up, people who came from having literally fucking nothing to all of a sudden. He said even at the, I think he was doing one video where he was saying at the basic pay, like Lee scale pay um, as a rookie with no huge signing bonus, you you basically go from 
you know, living in a family that may make twenty to forty thousand dollars a year, and at league minimum you're making twenty three grand a week or twenty three grand. No, I'm sorry, twenty three grand a month. He said, "I'll problem." A lot of motherfuckers losing their minds. He said, "Well, the problem with making twenty three grand a month, and you're on a seventeen uh, month contract or whatever, whatever the season, the postseason, you know, practice season and season it comes out to be, whether it's seventeen month." He said, "The problem is." Is when you're getting paid twenty three grand a month for seventeen months, you're spending ten thousand dollars a month as chump change, and then at the end of that seventeen month goes by and your contract doesn't get renewed or you take six months off. Or you get injured. When you have a ten thousand dollar month spending habit, <laughs> that can create a whole lot of problems. Even if you're you know, we're not even talking about millionaire problems, we're just talking about, you know Well, think about it. When when people get divorces, one is the big thing one of the biggest things to do to get the money. Well, this is what I'm accustomed to. The lifestyle that I have grown accustomed to. The lifestyle that I've Well, you know what? It's time to change your lifestyle. And so he does a lot of TikToks and stuff like that. And uh, like one of the secrets he told um that he did when he became when he 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 was like I don't know, I think I said he was um and uh, you guys know I'm not a huge football fan, so this has no um blowback on him the fact that i don't know any of his stats because I, I don't know anybody in football what he means by not a huge football it's not an indictment on him not it's a it's football an, fan at all exactly but um he was rated the 30th best tight end in 2016 nfl draft okay so he he was pretty good for his stuff but he was he explained sought after he was sought after and he made good money but one of the things he did he planned for his future and i think yeah, it was futuristic plans Yep, he might go up north and buy some desert land, or maybe, I'm sorry, go out west, buy some desert land, or maybe up north, just past Alaska. You know nothing of this, if they ask you. But anyhow, he actually did buy land, um, and I forget what city it was in and which team he played for at the time, but he's explaining about something like when you bought, um, it had something to do, I think, when you bought a house on a first-time homeowner's loan, you actually had to live in that house for so many months a year, and so what he did is he bought a duplex because he wanted to get into the rental game. You know, he could rent a condo, live there personally, live in these penthouses, but he wanted to set himself up in the rental game, but he wasn't making, you know, he didn't have multi-million signing bonuses. He was making good money. He wanted some revenue. That's So he bought a duplex and he lived in the left side of it for like the first year and a half or two years to meet the minimum requirement for that first time homeowner's loan. And now, and then after he moved out, obviously he leased both sides of it and that became his first rental property. And he slowly started buying more and more property to rent and then commercial properties. And he, he kind of gives speeches, you know, and does these TikToks on, Hey, yeah, you may be a professional ball player now, but that has a very short lifespan. And so when you have access to this revenue, you've never had before in your life, instead of blowing it on, a bunch of houses for a bunch of different people and a bunch of cars that you're going to get rid of in God, five I years. Could buy a lot of Jordans. Buy, you know, a, a nice car for you. Take care of your mom, maybe your brother and sister, but start buying, investing in property and businesses and things like that. And so he he's trying to get to the, you know, and, and for people in normal day life to take that same, you know, same outlook. Hey, I just got a job working at this wherever X firm making 90 grand a year. It's most money ever made. You know, instead of buying, you know, a bass boat, a jet ski, a car, a truck, and all this stuff, maybe set some aside and invest and just land. I think long term. Yep. I mean, just a plot of land. You can get a plot of land without a house on it out in the middle of nowhere for cheap. Oh, believe me, I want to get a plot of land, but we got some... Some some changes happening here. So, so that I thought a lot that, of land maybe off of the <laughs> map for a little bit. What's up, Morgan Long? What's up, John Kraft? What's up, everybody tuning in on Facebook and or YouTube? If you want to give us a call, give us a call right now, 239-299-3896. 
That's 239-299-3896. We'd love to hear from you guys. And I have been doing so much goddamn kayaking. <laughs> it's insane. I don't know. If we t- I think we talked about a little bit, but um, last week, maybe not. I can't remember. Uh, as you all know, I got a kayak for myself or for a friend of mine, but we recently invested into a tandem fishing kayak so that Sariana and Carrie can go out fishing with us as well. And then, obviously, Sariana's insanely just blown away about the how often we're going. She used to think, oh, this would be something we do once a month. But the fact that, you know, I can, there's a canal across the street. Three streets over is a boat ramp, so Carrie and I are just getting home from work or on the weekends just getting up and going because we can be in the water fishing in no time flat. It's like, well, I can sit around and watch TV for 12 hours or I can go fishing for three and then come home and spend the rest of the day. But we've been, for example, we went Friday night, Saturday, no, Thursday night, Friday night. Then I went Saturday morning because Carrie had the dog sit. And then we went again Saturday night. And then last night and today, just my upper body is killing me. Even though I ate like a complete asshole this week and I still managed to lose three pounds from all the kayak paddling I've been doing. Next trip to Ohio, you're going to be putting in on the Scioto River right downtown. Just hanging out. Now, you and I talked about this last week. We did some fishing with our dad as a kid, but we really never achieved anything. We never really... We, we catch the the random catfish here and there. It was kind of more of an extended nap. Yeah. Well, it, and it's so crazy because we would wake up. I remember we'd wake up at the ass oh, crack of dawn. Oh, we got to get up at four in the morning, boys. And we all remember this TV. Get up four in the morning. We got to go fish. Got to be quiet. Got to get out there. When the sun oh, comes oh, remember those days when we had the, the small runabout? We'd get up real early and mm-hmm. we're amped up and go out there. And then there was a problem. Yeah. Well, that thing was like from the 1950s or 60s. Yeah, it was, was like cool the first fiberglass. But as time. No, pe- it wasn't fiberglass. It was aluminum hull. Aluminum hull. But it, it was, if you looked at it, it looked like something out of like. Um, a later Charles. episode of Gilgan's Island or something. Yeah. It was it was an older it model. It was fun though. Yeah, it was that tiny. Was had fun. a nice Johnson motor on it. But I was pretty young when we had that. My boating experience is more around when we had the pontoon boat when I was in high school and late middle school. Yeah, Don liked to. Um, well, he liked to spray the family with that. The, came later. I had a. Runner. We have an aunt who was kind of afraid of water, and so she'd get on the pontoon yeah. boat. When I had the wave run come by and hit the the aluminum siding with the uh, jet and make a whole bunch of ruckus but we would get up early we gotta get up early gotta get up early for the fish bite five five six o'clock yeah and we'd head on down to deer creek or alum lake and we was on the other side of town we put some eerie dearies on the line and we'd drop them in and we'd do a lot of trolling look for fish and we'd catch the occasional catfish and you know occasional bass or whatever but i it, to did me, you ever catch a walleye no i don't think i ever did actually yeah, i did i did in the i did in the canal behind the condo on lake erie when you guys are out getting lost um but to me growing up bass see when i every time i think about growing up like fishing in kentucky whether it's mom around the ohio river or lakes and ponds around ohio to me i always remember just catching bluegill all the goddamn time bluegill and and cat you may not remember the cane poles oh i remember the cane poles down in richwood but yeah definitely a lot of time catching Bluegill. In my day, our our poles didn't even have reels on them. It was a eight foot long bamboo. Not bamboo. It was. Well, it was kind of like bamboo. It was. It was kind of bamboo, but it was the Midwest. Some reed. Yeah, it was like some <laughs> reed from like Oregon or some shit. 
It was. It had a heavy coating of lacquer. Lacquer. Right? Yeah, it's basically lacquer, and it looked like a bamboo, and you just put a little string and a hook on it. Of course, I'm looking at it thinking, man, I bet this would hurt if it hit my sim- I mean, there was no casting with it. You, it was a pl- It was a bobber and worm, plop it in the lake and sit. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Most of the fishing I remember doing growing up was with a worm or with a minnow. Mm -hmm. On the banks of the Ohio River, even. Did very, very little with artificial bait. And when we did, we rarely caught anything. Um, They were like, these things are a scam, whatever. So, but now, you know, I had that kayak. I went paddle around for like two weeks. Before you go into that, with artificial bait, do they still have the same smell? Um, It depends. And I get into that too. so I said, I'm going to, I would talk to the people on a YouTube channel, TikTok. And I said, Hey, I got this kayak. Should I start fishing on here? And people said, yeah. And so I went out and bought a cheap pole, which I've since lost in the water. You can learn all about it on the last video I put up on the YouTube channel. <laughs> um, but I said, Hey, I'm going to start fishing for bass. Now growing up or in my entire <laughs> life until now, I can't ever remember saying I'm going to go fishing for X and go out and catch nothing but X. You always catch W, Y, Z, maybe an A and a B. You never catch Another the crappie. X. Yeah. I went out fishing with nothing but worms, um, purple and blue whip-tailed artificial worms from Walmart, Ozark Trail brand. And I'm pulling out what I thought with my uneducated, untrained eye, I thought were smallmouths because their mouth didn't. When I think of a largemouth bass, I think of the billy bass style that you see mm-hmm. the big green one, the big eyes. But, and so in my first three videos, if you guys go on YouTube, and want to make fun of me. I refer to a lot of these as smallmouth bass because they don't appear to me. I have since learned there's nine species of bath bass and most of them are large mouth. And all the ones I've been catching down here are large mouth. But over the weekend, I did catch one that looks like the big Billy bass one, the more whatever brand that one bass, is. Right. Yeah. The actual large mouth bass. When you see on the bass pro shop logo, that guy, I actually caught one of those this week and wasn't that big. And then I caught a mystery silverfish, which we've since found out. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I'm doing all this worm fishing, and I'm like, this is great. I want to fish for bass. All I'm pulling in is bass, but I wanted to change my game up. And I get on YouTube, and, well, it's June, and a lot of the larger fish are going down to the deeper water because it's cooler. So what you need is a crankbait. So I go and get some crankbait, and I'm fishing with crankbait, and I'm catching the same fish. But now I start catching the W's and the Z's and the Y's. I pull in a uh, tilapia, which I didn't know it was until somebody looked at the photo later, um, which if I would have known, I could have made some fish tacos. because that's You know what this means, right? What's that? You need to now get Dad out on a kayak. Yes, uh, I've already offered. Um, I've caught a bluegill with my crankbait. I've caught a um, Mayan cichlid, which are invasive. So are the tilapia and everything else down here. But um, do you guys have any species that are not invasive at this point? Ba- uh, Florida bass are not invasive, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, that's basically what I'm pulling out. But the long story short, for like the last three to weeks of fishing, I'm up to like maybe 30 fish now, and I've thrown them all back. Which I, I found. Don't think I caught that much through my childhood. Yeah, that's why I told my cousin Johnny, who lives in Kentucky, he's out fishing all the time. He's one of these cats that keeps a fishing pole in his jeep in case he gets you know driving down the road and sees a pond. He's he's that into it, and so he's been giving me some advice. And I told him, I said, I've never caught this much fish in my effing life. I mean, I'm going out a minimum catching three to four a day. And, I mean, they're not huge. They're about Yeah, you know, those are rookie long. numbers. <laughs> well, in one of my vi- – and I'll say there's gar all over the place down here, man. I can't get them to bite. Well, if you guys watch my first video, there's one where I, I thought it was a bass, and it jumps off the line, and I put it in slow-mo. And now that slow-mo segment is on the opening credits for all my Florida Outdoor videos. And Johnny said, hey, I looked at that 
video where it's slow mode down. He's like, if you look at it when it comes out of the water, he's like, that wasn't a bass that jumped off your line. That was an alligator gar. That he said, and I went back and watched. You can see the bill coming out of the water. So the one in my opening credits and in the first video that I slowed down, a big one that jumps off. That's the closest I ever got to actually reeling in an alligator gar. And I see them down here all the time. I don't know what they like to bite on. So maybe if you guys listen and know, send us an email to info at d-410.com. But anyhow, I did a whole lot of um, paddling this weekend. My upper body is sore as hell, so I happily took tonight off. Um, I'm working on some videos. I got to get out. But um, I would not mind getting a kayak. It's I've fun. Kayaked. In the late 90s, I did a lot of flatwater kayaking, um, and it's been a, been a long time since. But uh, I do live in the desert. My water on a horse with no there. name. But there are some really cool ones. There's a... There's a cool uh, place to paddle below, right below um, the Hoover Dam in Black Rock Canyon. That's got these uh, these caves you can pull into, and one of them glows a color of sapphire. Wow! And then you can uh, you can pull off and beach and and walk up to hot springs in you know the Arizona side. So that'd be some really cool stuff. Of course, I'd have to get the doggo involved. Yeah, we I got a Bailey life jacket, but we've been so busy fishing that we haven't taken her out on the boat. But our intention is to get her on the boat, and we put Speaking in. Speaking of Bailey's, oh, real quick, we put in at this pond over on the other side, and we've gone up to two miles, and we found this one place we've dubbed. We've actually, we've got three honey holes. One we refer to as happy hour. Mm-hmm. I got two videos you up in a row that. Carrie and I both catch a fish at the exact same time in the exact same mm-hmm. place, and now we call it happy hours. It's two for one. So we have happy hour spot, and then we have a town we've dubbed, this pond we've dubbed Turtle Town. And the video's not out yet. I'm working on it now. But we're fishing, and all these little turtles keep popping up all around the boat. And at a certain point, I tell Carrie, I said, I feel like somebody's been feeding these things. It's like, why are they coming? I said, maybe they think my bait's a bug, but I held the bait over the head, and they showed no interest. Are these tiny turtles? No, they're about, they're of all sizes, but they're decent. Okay. They're living in a lake that I know now know is seven feet deep, and you'll learn about that later, how I know this. But, um, so we go fishing around the corner, and it's not starting to get dark, and we come back, and there's a guy out on his seawall with bread. And I was like, yep, that answers my question. He's like, huh? I said, that answers my question. I said, we're out here fishing, and we got all these turtles popping up around us. And I said to my lady friend here that, uh, I, kind of feel like someone's been feeding these. he's like yeah i got about 60 of them out here and you can just see them all splashing them in the bass are all just eating this bread all along the seawall he's out there every night that's with bread funny. i told carrie you know, next that's time we better got, than feeding pigeons i said next time we come back i'll bring some alfalfa pellets like at the zoo <laughs> but yeah so the um you can't tell at the light but i'm getting a, a wicked tan um i'm starting to get some fishing shirts but yeah i've been spending an inordinate amount of time on the so, water I understand you had a bad day recently. I don't know if it's as bad as the day of of the the, the dog handler of that uh, Boston who ate shit in the middle of his uh, agility course. What was that dog's name? Riddles or R- Piddles or something like that? Boy, Boston's look funny when they jump. The, uh, for those you don't know, it's not the kennel show, but there's actually a league. This is the Westminster, but yeah. Yeah, it's like the Westminster dog equivalent of OCR. These dogs out there doing the obstacles are going through the tubes and up over. Agility. It's a agility contest, and it's like down to the last two, right? We're like, if this was American Ninja Warrior, these would be like the final round where they're getting the last two guys to see who's going to win. They're running for time. And so it's this little Boston Terrier, cutest little fucker, as all Boston Terriers are, not that I'm not biased. 
And he's got a cute name. It's Piggles or Puddles or Riggles. And so he's out there. He's hauling ass. You know, what would you have done if its name was Bebop? Oh, well, he lost your mind. Yeah. But he's out there. He's killing it. The announcers are excited. The crowd's getting excited. And his handlers, I'd say about 15, 20 pounds overweight, a little bit. Not yeah. not like in the legs, but just he's got, he you can tell he spends his time on the he's weekend. He's got a tool shed going on. He's 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 packing away some beers uh, when he's not running the obstacle course of the dog. Maybe he needs to start running more. So and it's got the artificial turf, and he's probably got on a pair of Vans or the or something similar. That, but he did have the tape on his legs. He had tape on One his leg. legs, but he I don't think he was wearing footwear that was conducive to artificial turf. Is what I'm getting to. And so as the little Boston Terrier is running through the tunnel, he comes around and hangs a sharp turn, and his his feet come out from underneath him. He kind of goes ass over tea kettle and just so happens to roll in front of the exit of the tunnel. And the the Boston Terrier bounces off him, spins around, goes off course, and then looks at him. He's, he's concerned, and his, his handler just face-planted on the shit. AstroTurf. But long story short, it knocked him off his stride. He stopped running for a good five seconds. And the time the handler got them back up to speed, this dog that has probably a 60% chance, at least a 50-50 chance of winning this whole thing, lost all his bones, all his future sponsorship because his handler tripped on the carpet and slid right into He, him. he, he totally did a Homer Simpson. Yeah. Uh, Harry and I were going... watching It's like, that's not fair. They should let him run again. <laughs> now, I was pulling for the papillion. You know what the papillions are? Uh-uh. Those are the dogs with the big ears like butterflies. What you don't, I didn't realize, that's actually a spaniel. So my dog, if I hold its ears up like that, it looks a lot alike. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, yeah, I was pulling for that thing because it was a spaniel. I don't know if uh, – Ollie's got a little cocker spaniel he likes to, to hang out with. But, um, yeah, so I hear that you had a had that kind of a moment too, something reasonable, recent <sighs> that I, I, I'm going through, which the truck goes into the shop next week. So Gordon was talking last week and we about his little accident with his um, – Sun awning, not his sunset awning, but his pop-up awning like you see the moms use on the side and of the I soccer field. I knew better. And he and he planted it next to, for, for those of you who are K-Rock fans, it's basically a, a commercial-grade version of the tent you see at like a radio meet-and-greet pop-up where they're sitting in the parking lot of a, of a dealership or outside. And it's They're sitting underneath. It's pawning. It's a gazebo. So Gordon set the thing up next to his tent. And when I worked in radio and we'd set them up, we had these huge plastic things that actually fit around the feet. There's a tab on the feet, and they're full. They weren't really full of water, but they weighed about five pounds each, and it'd keep the thing from flying away like a bouncy castle at a bad birthday party. And so Gordon packed his down, but the wind came through, picked it up like a bouncy castle at a bad birthday party, and slammed it down right you know, on the... What's amazing is there was a ton of big rocks I could have tied that fucking thing to. And slammed it down right on the top of his brand new 2020 taco, 2021 taco, and scratched the shit out of it and put a small dent. He's got a digger in the shell. Well, I got called out to a job today, and their server, their their building got hit by a lightning strike, and since then, one of their three servers wouldn't turn back on. So I went over there, and I unplugged it from the UPS, plugged directly in the wall, thinking maybe because the, the green light's on the back of the server coming on. But long story short, couldn't get the thing turned on. I need to take it to my shop. It weighs about 70 pounds. It's about... Almost three feet long very, and two feet high. Very cumbersome for one person to carry. But I'm maneuvering it out. And I got about 60 yards. Would one say that would be fit better in a bed of a truck? Yes, but here's the, here's the reason. 
as I'm, I got about 70 yards from the server room down the hallway out the door to my truck and it starts raining. Now, the last thing you want to be in the rain is about a $2,500 server. And so I have the crew cab and I've had servers in the back of my crew cab. I lift the seat up and I just set them on the carpet and lean them up against the bed. But it's raining. So now I'm trying to get this cumbersome server through the parking lot. Luckily, it, has, it, start, it started slow, but it's getting faster and faster. And so I open my back door to my truck. I pivot around in the bottom corner of the goddamn com- server, like this part right here, basically spears the A-pillar behind my door of my truck. Now, Gordon, are you on Facebook right is now? That the, is that the B-pillar or the C-pillar? Are you on Facebook right now? Yeah, I'm watching. Okay, the video just came up. It'll come up in a second because we got a delay. Now, for some reason, the video sideways. Ooh. Turn your phone to the left. <laughs> well, your screen's going to rotate. Oh, but you, I can see where it's you at. You can see my shoes, right? So that's the way it should go. Look at that fucking dent, and that's down to the metal. Right, so that would be your C. If that wasn't that's down to the metal, I wouldn't worry about it. But with the Florida heat, I'm afraid at some point the paint's going to start flaking off. Nothing to make you want to get a new truck or something like that. <sighs> so it's going to require some Bondo. And some and paint. to the Bondo Club. My Bondo should be no more bigger than like a dime. Well, that is about the size. Once you sand it down a little bit and tape it off, obviously they're going to have to blend it. But the area in itself, once you put filler on it, is going to be about the circumference of a soda can. So it's pretty, it's going to be pretty big. And then obviously you're going to have to blend all that in. Now, sadly, even though I've never filed a claim in all my years of having insurance, at least not for myself. Well, no. The one time I got rented by my, in my own car by my own customer, their insurance took care of it. But uh, my daughter filed a claim on my insurance, but I never have. It's a $500 deductible, so now I'm in that place where you're at. Do you pay the deductible or do you see, okay, well, it's $700. Okay, I'll pay it out of pocket, but I don't have $700 nor $500 at this point. But long story short, now I'm at the realm of I got to get this done sooner than later because it will start rusting and that paint will start flaking. It looks like shit. But do I come up to 500 bucks and get the deductible and have the whole thing done? Or do I see, well, if it's 700 pay for it out of pocket and not worry about my insurance going up? Well, when you set it up, set it up as a non-insurance claim first to go and get the risk scoop and then yeah. see which way it goes. Because they said if I did insurance and my is very small mm-hmm. above the door, they said they would have pulled the bed off and everything so they can blend the paint better. He goes, but your car is like, three months old so there's not a whole lot of fade going on i think we could do a pretty good job well see what i was thinking now i won't say that (laughs) but anyhow so yes and so then i had that that happened and of course this being florida a minute and a half after this happened it stopped raining now it may have been it stopped raining or i traveled out of the rain zone but yeah it didn't need to happen but go ahead Put one of those little Band-Aid stickers over it. Have you seen those? Yeah, it's it just sucks. And it, no, it does. It's man. such it's an eyesore. I'm looking for a clip here I recorded before the show. Oh, I accidentally deleted. That's what it was. Um, as long as Dad doesn't ding his Toyota, we'll be good. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna do it live. I accidentally deleted the clip. I think. Um, actually, let me see if I can open it back now. I'll just do it live. Um, do 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 do. Shit. No, I won't do it live. I'll just read the story. I have the story up here anyhow. I've got whiplash now. Well, it happens. You should be used to it by now. Um, Did you hear that uh, Facebook 
trying to buy the rights to another brick in the wall so they can use it in a new Facebook advertisement. And uh, the lead singer told him to go uh, pound sand up his ass. He didn't care how much money they were wanting. Basically, he the story came down to... Uh, we don't need some woke company trying to push their narrative and using our music. Roger Waters says he rejected Facebook's offer to use, quote, another brick on a wall in an ad. Quote, no fucking way, Waters said in response to their big money offer. Uh, he was gentle about it, too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did it in a press conference. I will not be a party of this bullshit, Zuckerberg. Uh, Roger Waters told the press on a recent pro-Julian Assange event. Ooh, that sounds like a good fucking time. So he's at a pro-Julian Assange event, and he pulls out a documented a letter that he, he got from Facebook. Um, he says that Facebook approached him about using the 1979 Pink Floyd classic, Another Brick on the Wall, Part 2, and an upcoming advertisement for Instagram. Quote, it arrived this morning with an offer of huge money. Didn't say what the money was. Water said, and the answer is, fuck you. No fucking way. Now you got to do that in a British accent, right? I can't do it. No fucking way. I only mention that because it's insidious movement of them to take over absolutely everything, he continued. I will not be a party to this bullshit, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook did not initially respond to Rolling Stone's request on comment. Uh, during the event, Waters read from the letter that says he that came from Facebook. Quote: They were fact. They were busy fact checking Waters. Mm-hmm. Quote: We want to thank you for consideration of this project. He read: <laughs> We feel that the core sentiment of this song is still prevalent and necessary to today, which speaks to how timeless your work is. Quote: And yet they want to use this to make Facebook and Instagram more powerful than it already is. He replied, so they can continue to censor all of us in this room and prevent this story about Julian Assange from getting into the general public, so the general public can go, what? No, no more. Waters ended his diatribe by bringing up the Face Mash, the pre-Facebook website that Zuckerberg created in his heart in Harvard in 2003 to compare the looks of women on campus. This incident was dramatized in the 2010 film, The Social Network. How's this little prick who started this, she's pretty, we'll give her a four out of five. She's ugly, we'll give her a four out of five. Uh, Roger, I know you're speaking off the top of your head, but you gave the chicks the same rating for being pretty and ugly, but I digress. Basically, you're saying he's judgmental on how chicks look. Well, yes. How did we get, how do we give him any power, Waters asked. And yet, here he is, one of the most powerful idiots in the world. Waters also recently lashed out at his former Pink Floyd bandmate, David Gilmore, for allegedly blocking his access to the group's social media account and vetoing liner notes for the upcoming Annals box set. But yes, he's basically saying, here's a guy who wants to pretend like he's super woke. But let's be honest, people change since they were in college and high school. I mean, how many of us are glad that we're not holding for account for shit we did in high school and college? So yeah, he Well, that's just it. I feel like the world's running the way we thought back then, and I, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, that's what's scary. Oh, man. That's insane. And so, you know what? I'm now a bigger Roger Waters fan. Yeah. It's nice to see, and I'm sure it was a pretty decent amount of money, and I'm sure even with the residuals he gets off of Pink Floyd, even though he wasn't with the band for a whole lot of time. Um, did, now, if, uh, hopefully this isn't in your news story. Did you hear about the Massachusetts Massachusetts? Chusa's lobster diver who survives after a humpback whale tried to eat him. <laughs> I almost had it in there, but it's been so everywhere. I decided not to. 
Okay, well, I'll just... For I've those, never actually wa- read the whole article or, or saw the story. I just keep seeing blurbs. I edited it down. It was like three pages. I'm just going to give you guys the quick uh, one. Michael Packard was about 45 feet from... Um, uh, was about 45 feet into the water when he, quote, I just felt this truck hit me and everything went dark, he said. Um, a commercial lobster diver was injured when he said he was swallowed by a humpback whale off the coast of Cape Cod on Friday. My- it was like Pinocchio inside the belly. Yeah, pretty much. Michael Parker was in the whale's closed mouth for 30 to 40 seconds, he said in a Facebook post on the Princetown, Massachusetts community page. Okay, so imagine if this was a true story, right? Mm-hmm. 30 to 40 seconds inside a whale's mouth would seem like an effing eternity. Absolutely. Uh, Anybody who's ever been in a dangerous situation where things are going crazy, yep. time slows the hell down. He was faced with an immediate struggle in the hard, shaking mouth of the whale as his breathing regular came out of his mouth and he had to feel it around to find it. Uh, then uh, seconds ticked by and Packard thought, this is how you're going to die in the mouth of a whale. He didn't know how he would, uh, I'm sorry, he didn't know if he would be swallowed or suffocate, he said. And, th- and he thought about his 12 and 16 year old son and his wife, and he thought to himself, I was, I was just struggling, and I knew this was a massive creature, and there was no way in hell I was about to bust my way out of there. At first, he thought he'd been eaten by a great white shark and feared the shark had become, um, I'm sorry, the fear sharks had become a fixture off the coast of Cape Cod in the summer. Then he realized he didn't have, they didn't have any teeth, and he said, oh, my God, I've been in the mouth of a whale. Suddenly, Packer saw the light. The whale came up to the water, shook his mouth, spit him out, and he's in the hospital, but he has no broken bones, and I think there are some people calling bullshit on the story, but he's sticking to it, and he's even trying to get his um, co-worker involved into the story. But, yeah, he has no broken bones, just a little banged up and bruised up. But he's claiming that he was in the mouth of a whale for about 45 seconds before being spit out like Pinocchio on the raft. What story can I come up with that is crazier mm-hmm. than anything that's happened in 2020? Yeah. Let's think back in time. Let's think maybe Moby Dick or huh, mouth of a whale. I think that's it. Did you hear that the the, the flight on the Jeff Bezos rocket went for $28 million, the one they auctioned yeah. off? Yeah. I think that's. I think he's going to probably fill more seats too. Now, hey, if you got that kind of money, good for you. But isn't this for the Bezos group? We know that Tesla boy's been sending some rockets into space, and he's. It's been a while since he's had anything blown up on the landing. I mean, on the flight deck. How's what's Bezos's company's track record like when it comes to launching their? Uh, Equipment off the ground. Blue Origins is the name of the company. Mm-hmm. And the rocket's actually called, believe it or not, the New Glenn. I'm just wondering if this guy just spent $28 million. Wouldn't you want to wait until maybe they've been doing this a few times? You know who yeah, I... One of the test flights since the year 2-0-15, young crewed vessels have reached a test altitude of more than... 330,000 feet, achieved top speed of more than Mach 3, reaching above the Carmen line, both space capsules. Uh, a lot of success, actually. Okay, so he paid $28 million for 11-second ride. Have what his rocket looks like? Yeah, it looks like a penis. I'm looking at it. It looks like, I, 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 I think of the whole fucking... Spaceballs? No, not even Spaceballs. Think Austin Powers. Sir, yeah. it looks like a... Yeah, it, it looks know? like a... a, a, a Big mushroom-headed. Um, no, if he was smart, 
if he was smart, he'd get rights to that 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 footage yeah. and run his next commercial with it taking off, and then it's that 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 whole shtick, that running gag, because it does. It's uh, it almost looks like he uh, wants it to look like it. It's very phallic, but uh. Real quick before we get in the news, um, we haven't really talked about it on this podcast a lot because it's not something I do a whole hell of a lot. I actually haven't done it in about a week and a half. But every once in a while, on Friday or Saturday particularly, I don't do it. I pretty much only do it that time. I'm going to do the drunk run on Uber. I'll uh, do the occasional Uber pickup. And the last time I drove was two weeks ago, and it was a Saturday, and I wasn't getting any requests. I was doing a lot of drive-backs between, like, Cape Coral Parkway and 47th Terrace, just... And I don't know, I did like four or five runs. I was making no money. And so I had to go, I dropped this young couple off who were down here from Illinois. I dropped them off at this bar over off of uh, Cape Coral Park. It was a sports bar over off Cape Coral Parkway. And they're talking about it. And like, have you ever been here? I said, no, I've never been there. But I I dropped off and picked up quite a, peop- a lot of people here. It's, it appears to be a nice place, but it's it's basically a sports bar. I said, if you're looking for more like of a club or a pool hall or getting a dance, you know, a bar bar feeling, you really need to get on the 47th Terrace, which is only about a four and a half minute Google uh, YouTube, Uber ride from here. So if you guys get bored, just hop back on there and somebody will take you down there. So I pull out of the parking lot and I'm driving on and I get a request from the same bar. I'm thinking, oh, clearly they walked in here and said this isn't what we had in mind and wanted to leave. And I turned around. I took the job and took it around, but I noticed the name was different. Now, the way, if if you guys have never taken an Uber or really never got into it, the way it works as an Uber driver, you, you accept the job, you pull up to the place, and you sit there for two minutes. As soon as you pull in, it sends them a notification that you're there, and you can even send them a text message yourself. But basically, through Uber, you sit there for free for the t- first two minutes. After two minutes, you uh, Uber starts billing the rider, and you get paid for the time you're sitting there. Now, once that clock gets to a total of five minutes, meaning the first two minutes are free and then you've been paying for sitting there for three minutes, Uber gives you the opportunity to cancel the ride due to rider not showing up because time is money. You could be out accepting or driving to a new part of town to accept new rides or maybe you already have someone in queue, you know, because there's a lot of times you have a rider in queue. So you pick up somebody and you have another one waiting. And so they realize time is money, so they give you the option to fail. So what I usually do is I actually wait until eight minutes so that I get paid for five minutes. Now I'm there, not quite 10 minutes, but eight minutes. Eight minutes is a reasonable amount of time for someone to get the, you know, a check, go pay the bill, what have you. It's also plenty of time for them to send you a text message, say, hey, it's packed in here. The waitress is supposed to bring me my card back. I'm waiting. Not a problem. So I'm sitting in front of this place for the eight minutes. I already told the person <laughs> I was there. They never communicated back to me. Now, I have no problem ending a ride if no one shows up especially after eight minutes in front of a bar because i figure if i've been sitting out here for eight minutes and you haven't communicated with me chances are you're too goddamn drunk i'm not gonna want to deal with your ass anyhow and so when i get to that marker i promptly leave and i get the few dollars for sitting there and i go about my way and so this happened last time i drove person never came out never saw hide hair never communicated with me never sent me a text canceled the job and went home that was it Tuesday rolls around and I get a phone call from Uber. Actually, I get an email, but I didn't see the email. I get a voicemail from them saying they're calling me to do a follow-up interview about the incident on Saturday. And that's what I said. What incident? (laughs) And so I go check my email and I see, this is Uber. We want to contact you about the incident on Saturday where you refuse. You refuse to ride to somebody based on discrimination. 
Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, discrimination. I thought, what the fuck? This ought to be fun. Because when I hear discrimination, I'm thinking the discrimination you're all thinking about right now. And I said, ooh, this ought to be fun. Can't wait. Can't wait. Call me up. Call me up because I just so happened Friday night, the night before, I did multiple runs over in Fort Myers on what is considered the worst side of town. And so if I'm going to refuse somebody based on discrimination, huh? In the ghetto. Well, basically my point being is if a Saturday I allegedly, I allegedly refused to give a ride on base. I had an incident because I refused to give a ride based on discrimination. Would I be voluntarily the night before doing multiple rides in the worst side of town? No. Okay. So I couldn't wait. I said, ooh, yeah, I got evidence. One, I've never, I've only ever turned on three rides and all three of them were for that exact same thing I've explained. I've showed up, sat there, they never came out, gone about my way. I've never told anybody to the face, I'm not giving them a ride. All three rides I've ever canceled, person never showed up. So I said, ooh, okay, I can't wait. They call me back and say, hello, uh, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. 410. We're calling about you about the incident on Saturday. I said, what incident? They say, did you reject a, a rider on Saturday? And I said, I turned down one job. I said, first and foremost, let me make this perfectly clear. I've never rejected a driver to the, a rider to their face. I've never had an incident in my time doing this. And you can check the catalog. I've only canceled three rides, and all three were for someone not showing up after eight minutes. Well, do you remember where that happened at on Saturday night? I said, yes, name the place. Hold on. Boop, 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 boop. That's the right bar. So you didn't deny to give somebody a ride? So, Mr. Train. Because they have a service dog? I laughed. I said, excuse me? Dude, if I knew they had a service dog, I would have waited. Yes, um, the person said that you refused to give them a ride because they have a service dog. And I bellowed. Ha! Ha! He said, sir, I don't think this is a laughing issue. I said, you would if you knew my Instagram page. If you saw my Facebook profile right now. I said, not only is my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook profile a picture of me and my dog, but it's a picture of me and my dog in my car. I said, sir, I work for a veterinary, uh, I work for an IT firm who provides maintenance to six veterinarian clinics. I said, I currently have three cats, a dog. I'm sorry, two cats, a dog, and three parrots. I used to have two dogs. I said, I love dogs. I said, matter of fact, if I knew that person had a service dog, I would have waited. And if I had my choice, I would have all my rides have dogs with them. I said, so this just, I said, this, I said, this kind of bothers, bothers me though. I said, because this shows you exactly what's wrong with our culture nowadays. I said, this person felt slighted, smited, offended, and retaliated against because I didn't give them a ride because they never showed up. And they never communicated with me. And so what do they do? They're essentially trying to cancel me. Cancel you, buddy. As far as they know, this is how I make my living. They don't realize I do this two nights a week to make some quick money to go blow on fishing gear. I said, so they're, they're actively trying, they're, they're trying to take what they think is my income because I canceled their ride. I said, that is, I said, they're basically making up lies. Well, sir, you know, because it is a service dog and that is to help with mental, uh, you know, health conditions and yada, you know, rights and all that shit. We have to take this very, very serious, and uh, your account will remain suspended until the result of the investigation. Because anytime someone reports you and slanders you and 
throws the word discrimination out there, especially when it comes to service animals and disabilities, there must be an investigation. I said, well, that's fine. I said, it's only Tuesday. I don't drive till Friday anyhow. Yeah, good thing there's Lyft. And I said, oh, and by the way, if you guys find issue, I'll just go drive for another company. I said, this is not my living. This is how I make some fun and, and, money. And quite honest, most of the drivers drive for both of the major companies. And oh, by the way, if anybody's listening to the Pandora YouTube or anywhere else, you know they're dying to get YouTube driver. I mean, YouTube <laughs> Uber drivers because they're offering bonuses and all kinds of shit. And especially, I told that. So anyhow, I wasn't worried about it. Long story short, the result of the investigation two days later, my account is re-enabled. But however, the caveat being, they made me say over the phone while they recorded it for prosperity. And if this is the Alice's Restaurant song, so they would have an eight by ten with X's and arrows and paragraphs and on the back of each one. Now, is that legal in the state of Florida? Yeah, because it's a two-party state. And they said, okay, I need you to say this, that you agree, based on law, that you cannot decline and you must give a ride to persons with service dogs. I said, yeah, I agree. It's not a problem. Never happened. But yeah, that just goes to show you, I haven't been canceled for any of the dumb shit I've said on a podcast. No one's tried to cancel me for dumb shit I've said on a TikTok. Someone tried to save me, the guy who has a Boston Terrier sleeping right here, the guy who's had beagles and rat terrors and grew up in a family with an aunt and a grandmother who used to breed and show German shepherds at dog shows that I <laughs> refused to give a ride to a person based on the fact that they had a dog. <sighs> Preponderous. the comments? Huh? I can't. There's six comments and I don't see one of them. Uh, no, no one's commented in a while. There's two comments in here. You're probably really not interested in anyhow. But anyhow. So, yeah, so that was going on. But anyhow, that has been since been resolved. And now it's time for... The news. Wow. <laughs> I had to Joining find the now panel. from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, real quick, let me just talk to the audience. If you guys at home have ever wondered why I have such problem controlling everything, you know what the biggest annoying feature that came out with Windows 10 is? The All Snap 2. Oh, I hate that fucking So I have four or five minutes of minimized screens on here. And so at the beginning of the show, when I'm trying to turn off the splash screen and initiate the music, I have minimize windows so i can control multiple windows well heaven forbid one of those windows gets three quarters of an inch from the corner of your goddamn screen it automatically maximizes it so you can't or control you, what you're doing or you accidentally wiggle your mouth just a little yeah and it, so you're like have everything set up and it just starts maximizing shit and so that's why a lot of times i can't get things to kick off the way i want because well i need a producer here in real time anyhow gordon what do you got for the news speaking of dogs and cars with cameras Oh, that's a different no, show. No, but this is an interesting story, and it's a bit of an odd one, and it's coming out of Spokane, Washington. But there was a dog that was, it sounds sad, it was ejected from a vehicle in an Idaho <laughs> crash. But it was found. This pet dog who vanished for two days after being ejected from a vehicle. Was he well? During it, Oh, he's very well. During an accident, was found apparently doing the job it was bred to do. <laughs> I saw this story. It was herding sheep. What kind of dog was it again? Lindsay Oswald's family and their dog Tilly was driving Aww. along Idaho State 41 on Sunday when they crashed into another car, launching the dog through the rear window. <laughs> of course, see, I keep my dog on a leash, a little thing that in the seatbelt holder. So I don't want him outside of the car or hit by an airbag. Um, the unharmed but stunned dog then ran away, prompting immediate search. With at least six complete strangers who witnessed the cat, 
They crashed and pulled over to help. People just kept getting out. We were sort of exhausted. Now, so keep in mind that this was a border collie. Keep in mind if this was a human ejected from the car, only one person would have stopped. But once people hear dog, it's a You're goddamn full alert. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> because we like dogs better than people. Yep. So uh, the dog is a two-year-old border collie and red healer mix, and uh, they there was over three thousand people shared the post. That's when Tyler, Travis, and Zane Potter recognized the dog in the photo as the same dog they saw on their family fa- farm south of Rathrum on Tuesday. Both Potter and Oswald thinks Tilly was drawn to the farm and their sheep. I think the dog was trying to herd. Oswald said they weren't uh, for the post. He'd still be out there. Doing whatever it is Border Collies do. Absolutely. Uh, I love dogs. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Cicadas. Cars. Keep your windows up. The cicada invasion was responsible for a Monday crash in Ohio, according to Cincinnati police. Let's say that right. Cincinnati. The cicada threw... Let's try that again, Gordon. The cicada flew through an open car window, striking the driver in the face and causing a single car crash in the Cincinnati East End neighborhood, according to police. How old was this fella again? Uh, They don't really say. I'm going to say 24. Drivers suffered from minor injuries, but the the vehicle sustained heavy damage, according to CBS. If this cat was 40... Or older, this would have been nothing. If you're 40, you've been driving down the street back in the day when you had cars that didn't have AC because, well, premium cars had AC and budget models didn't. You've had cherries from cigarettes or other flammable materials flying in your face. You're shifting your five speed. You're driving. You're going through your tape book, tape deck, and or CD holder, finding music to play while you're putting it in there, while you're drinking and shifting and all that crap. We can multitask and drive back in the day. Nowadays, you got cars with automatic brake sensor, blind spot sensors, uh, cruise controls that automatically adjust your speed, and people can't even text and drive. You know, we're doing all these different clown things. clown and D train for driving and filming. Yeah. On a tripod. camera that he doesn't even have in his hand. On a tripod. It's like, you realize me, you know what's more dangerous than me driving while talking to a camera on a tripod? You ever sat in the backseat of your friends and parents or maybe a guidance counselor growing up and you had the driver that was an eye contact talker? Who needs to make oh, eye God, contact yes. when they're talking? Or the mother who has to look in the rearview mirror while they're yelling at their kid or looking over their shoulder? That's far more dangerous Driving than Driving to Indiana and D trains in the back of a minivan behind the rear seat in the trunk Facing space. the back way. Oh, boy, if you're a rear end, uh-huh. you're done. D-E-W-E, dead. <laughs> but now this guy, this guy's killing himself because a cicada hit me in the eyeball. Must've, he must have reacted. I, I think that his reaction must have been a lot like... Um, Johnny Depp's Hunter S. Thompson character and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas mm-hmm. when the bats were coming down. When the mescaline was kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Don't Speaking go that of way. accidents. That's Cicada country. We did have a fatal accident in Las Vegas. Aww. It was a Lamborghini. Yeah. He hit a moped. Oh. And a 45 mile an hour drive. <laughs> How fast do you assume the Lambo was doing? I don't know. I couldn't pass those exam. I couldn't. I never made it that far in test where the train was leaving New York and the guy on the uh, rickshaw was leaving. It's thing. a Lambo, forty-five mile an hour speed limit zone, hits a moped. 
Which direction was the moped traveling? Did he hit it from behind? Same or? direction. Well, see, that's the bad part, because if he was coming at him, the guy could have popped a wheelie and just ramped over that Lamborghini like a badass kicker ramp. But sadly, going that direction, um, I'm gonna. See, what was the question? How fast did he travel over the hood of the car? No, how fast do you think the Lambo was when he flattened the moped driver? Oh, Lambo drivers are douchebags. Uh, 93 and a 45. The arrest report has been released for a Texas man. Who is driving a Lamborghini, 2017 Lamborghini Hurricane, which is a SUV, by the way. An SUV. It struck and killed a moped driver on June 5th near Russell and Rogers Street. And it was on, and the gentleman driving was a 33-year-old Andrew Rodriguez, traveling at least 141 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour speed zone. And the news, lo, re, the news interviewed local man who said, I just don't get it. I got three of them slow for kids at play sign. This is just unnecessary. Of course, me being the asshole I did, I was looking at this article last over the weekend. Looked at my wife, and said, "I bet you he never became a champ. He never became a champion." Now the question is, Gordon, what does that mean? Well, back before they required mopeds to be licensed here, you'd see these people buzzing around on these mopeds that had VIP, and below mm-hmm. the VIP it said "future champion." We had those down here too. You know what I'm seeing the kids, the younger cat try. I now. have rolled down the window more than once and said, hey, you're 53 years old. I don't think you're going to make it the champion. Yeah. That's because he, he <laughs> traded his, dick. he lost his car on the fucking roulette table. And that's the only thing he can afford. I'm seeing the younger cats down here. They're not exactly pocket rockets. They're in between a moped and a pocket rocket. I'm seeing them driving street legal mini bikes now. On the Are roads. you talking about the um, Groms? I don't know. They look like they got like 125s in them yeah, behind the Groms. Yeah, they're like a little. They're not actually like, sweet. We had a gang of like 20 Groms <laughs> running up and down the street. That's it's funny. not as bad as the gangsters who decided uh, when when Vegas reopened to, to rent a bunch of electric scooters and cause problems. Mm-hmm. That almost sounds like something out of Jackass. Yeah. But there was a female uh, passenger. Her name was Sabrina Younger. Hmm. That's German. Texas. Makes sense. Uh, You know, said they were out joyriding and headed to a party. She admitted to police officers that they were driving like 100, 140 plus. But it hit that moped. And and even an SUV Lambo sits low to the ground. It hit that thing so hard that the driver and the bike ended up under the Lambo. Now, you live in an area that rents Lamborghinis and... They do in Miami. Do you think this was this? Do you think oh, it's one hundred percent rental? This wasn't a one hundred percent rental. Yep. <sighs> and now we're going to go to Florida. Yeah, we are. So I did something stupid. Don has done something stupid. Evidently, the Florida town of Brooksville has done something stupid. Yeah, they got rid of the Brooksville raid, which was the Civil War reenactment that had been going on for the last oh, fifty-five no, years, worse. and so they got rid of it because they don't want to be offensive with the rebel flag. According to the AP, the headline reads this. The small, a small town in Florida accidentally sells its water tower in a blundered real estate transaction. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> Good job, Brooksville, you dumbasses. A businessman purchased a municipal building underneath the city of Brookfield's water tower, Brooksville's water tower, last April for a whopping 55K. But they didn't know that the water tower was on the deed. Let's get there with the goal of converting this nice property into a gym. Oh, my God. He's got a ton of water now for the gym. However, when Bobby Reed went to uh, the county to get the address for his new business location, he was told the parcel he had bought included the entire water tower site, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Dude, you know how much pre-workout we can put into that water tower? It's going to be sweet. 
You should throw in some, they'll explode. Water. T- so, but what's really cool is uh, he was willing to give it back. So county records showed what? that he transferred the water tower back to Brooksfield through a warranty deed last month. The town of 8,500 residents located 50 miles north of Tampa. Why wouldn't he just like say, here's what we'll do. Here's the total capacity of the water tower. I'm not looking to get rich. I'll lease you the water for $1,000 a year. <laughs> just something. But I no, actually, he probably realized they would probably just gouge the shit out of him in state taxes. They'll get it back in his water bill. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the blame falls, according to Blake Bell, a city council member. <laughs> We're council members, and we rely on the city manager. So now the finger pointing is beginning, right? The we assume that he's done his due diligence. for gators. I don't know what the hell's going on. I've only been on the board for 43 years. See you at church on Sunday. Now, according to the city manager, Mark Kootenay, he blames the use of bad legal description for what happened. The city's redevelopment agency director reassigned was had been now reassigned after the accidental sale. Say. We're human, according to Cutney. Sometimes we make a mistake. Yeah. Sometimes you mess I really up. Sometimes you, you sell the sometimes you sell the city's source of water in Florida. Ugh. And last but not least. We all know who Floyd Mayweather is. Yep. The guy who Evidently, ripped off Evidently, there was a disgruntled life. person out there, or persons. Yeah, because he held up Logan Paltry and knocked him out, and people lost money. Well, Floyd Mayweather is now offering 100 k of that money as a reward to say one of his bur- Vegas homes was burglarized. Boxing legend Floyd Mayweather took to Instagram Saturday morning offering 100 k reward after he says his home was burglarized. And according to him, on his text, it says, One home, one's home is their sanctuary, place of peace, relaxation, and comfort. The location of which someone violates that sanctuary, it is disturbing and hurtful. And coming from a guy who's had his house broken into it, I get it. One of my homes was burglarized in Vegas, which begs the question, how many homes you got here, bud? Uh, They stole many valuable handbags and other belongings of substantial value. I am offering at least a 100K reward for the information that leads to the return of my belongings. This the level of disrespect and greed it takes for someone to do this is unfathomable. By any chance did this happen anywhere around the time of the boxing match? It happened this last week, within the last week. Because I remember down here in Miami a few years ago, there was a couple of football players or, and or musicians, I can't remember which, may have been both. But long story short... Whenever the occupant of the resident was participating in a life event, so basically the burglar said, okay, he's not home, he's on TV, they would go break into these people's houses when they knew the chances are... Same shit happens out here. Yep. It's it's insane. But uh, that being said, I try to keep it light tonight. That is the news of the week. I'm done. I'm now I'm looking oh, wait, for wait, 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 uh, wait. One more news story. Vegas Golden Knights now lead the Montreal Canadiens 3-1 to one at the end of the second period, three minutes, 40 seconds to go. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Before we wrap up this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast, which, by the way, this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at ACT Computers. ACT Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004 and the rest of the world since, well, I don't know, 2010. 
Even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you by logging into your computer via their website with your permission, of course. And so as long as you have internet and you need some help with your computer or computer problems, give them a call at 239-283-1120 or leave them a message on their Facebook page if it's not a super emergency. Or if you live here in town, give them a call at 239-283-1120. They can help you with a computer break, fix, uh, camera installations, network expansions, and all that good stuff. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. And on that note, um, Gordon and I were talking. We'll try to make this quick. How amazed we are by the amount of rear parking lot accidents in the day and age of backup cameras. Um, prior to my Tundra, I had a 2018 Toyota Tacoma base model with a backup camera. I used to drive down to the First Street Publix in downtown Fort Myers, the Rivet District, to go running. And someone who worked at that Publix had the same exact truck that I had, minus the kick-ass rims, and the entire back end was crushed up from where two nights before when I was parking down there, they had backed the truck up into the lamppost. How are people still backing into shit with blind spot cameras and backup cameras on base model vehicles? And, and sensors. That's six opportunities. You got one mirror, two mirror, three mirrors, your shoulder, there's two, three, four. You get your backup camera, there's five. And six is a sensor. Uh, we've gone, well, clearly because we can't multitask when we drive anymore. I was backing into a spot and the old man in my building was doing this. I rolled on the window. So I, I, you can move. I don't I got, need to come got, on back engineer. I got a camera <laughs> fella. Oh, oh, dude. But yeah, it's just amazing. I appreciate it. I used to drive my, well, there's a come on back engineer just looking for something to do. I used to, every once in a while when I worked at K rock, I would forget something. And so I would drive my Tacoma backwards down Stan Haney Boulevard, like at 15 miles an hour using that camera, like a fucking Abrams tank. <laughs> <laughs> Love the Tacoma, but wish they would improve the resolution on that camera. They just no, because they, they want they want to entice you to use your mirrors. That's all. Got to look at it that way. But yeah, it's it's just dumbfounding how many people are still crashing their shit with backup cameras. I drive down to El Prado every day, and literally, literally two to three times a day, there's an accident. And it's usually between veterans and somewhere in front of the fucking hospital, which I guess is convenient so you can just roll across the street and you're in the emergency room, but it's just done. I don't need an ambulance. I'll go. I'll, I, I'll go right here. Mm-hmm. Right here. Oh, shout out to the fine fucks at, uh, I don't care. They got four days left of school. Of Diplomat Middle School. Um, This is the same school that I got a notice saying that my daughter didn't show up for class. And then when I went, to look into it, I was told she's there. The substitute teacher accidentally marked her absent, but don't worry because this happens all the time. <laughs> this uh, this episode is brought to you by Fine Fox Educational Center. Yes, and uh, we here at the Fine Fox Educational Center, um, my daughter, my my school, my daughter rides a bike to school. It's not far away, but apparently, the riders at the school. And the walkers at the school would mill about the parking lot, dick around in this parent pickup line too much, and there was an incident of what level, I don't know, but to the level that which now they hold the walkers and the riders until the parent pickup line's cleared out. And so now she doesn't get home till 4.30. She's going home like 4.05. Well, she had a Zoom meeting with a doctor today at 4 o'clock, so this was problemsome because she don't get home till 4.30. So I drove over to the school. I got, now this is into the parent pickup line, right? No, I I got there at four at three forty one, 
and the parent pickup queue was all full, but I was going to go to the parking lot because I had to get her bike out of storage, and I had to go to the door and show my ID and all that shit to get my kid out of minimum security prison because that's what it is. And so I pulled up, and you got the authoritarian there in his golf cart. <laughs> I said, can I pull in there? It's a facility you parking. Tell Barney to put the bullet back in his shirt pocket? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, you're supposed to pick your kid up by 3.30, but it's 3.41. So just this one time. Next time. I said there will be no next time. There's three days left in school. I just need to get my kid to the doctor. So he beep, beep, backed up his golf cart. I pull up. Walk I bet to the, you wanted to flip that son of a bitch over. Walk to the um, door of the principal's uh, the reception area and realize that uh, not only did I forget my mask, that I forgot my wallet, so I can't produce my ID. So I had to walk you back leave to my something car. Something on accident too, did you? No, I leave that in receipt. Um, so I walked back to my car and got my ID and my mask. Walked back, and now it's three forty-six. Hold my ID. Yeah, thank you for coming to Diplomat in the Middle School. Can I help you? Yeah, I'm here to pick up my daughter. She has a doctor's appointment at uh, 4 o'clock. I, I need to get her out early. Sorry, sir. We can't do that. I'm sorry? Yeah, it's uh, it's 346. District policy is that you must pick up children before 330. After 330, we'll, we will not allow you to pick them up. I said it's four days left to school. My daughter has to see a doctor. Thanks so much for being cooperative. Sorry, sir, it's policy. So I had to come home and basically sit in the meeting with her doctor for a half hour waiting, trying to keep them online because as you learn, it's so it's so easy and convenient to get a fucking doctor's appointment even on Zoom. And so we basically stalled for 30 minutes until she rode home on the bike in 95-degree weather, sweating her ass off in her school uniform. Okay, let me talk to the doctor now. And it's like, fucking come on, I'm here. It's 346. I have ID. Yes, I've made a scene here once before, but still. You're about to make another one. Give me my fucking kid. No, it's a minimum security prison. The policy states that you cannot have your child past 330. <sighs> so on top of denting my fucking car and dealing with that and seeing a cute puppy, heard a cute puppy. Hi, Oliver. He's gotten a lot bigger since you last seen him. Mm -hmm. Everybody's usually staring at my dog. But anyhow, that's my last complaint. We're going to wrap it up for this episode. Please head over to d-410.com and click on the Patreon link. Sign up. Gore, we need to get another OG5 Patreon up there. Yes, we do. And I got thinking for you Patreon members, I think I'm going to take all my bloopers from my fishing videos that I edit out of my normal videos and put them up there for you guys to have some exclusive yeah, content. Yeah. But go over to YouTube.com. Please subscribe. We're up to 450. I've been getting a lot more subscribers since I started putting up the fishing content. But don't worry. Our other content will be up there as well. But thank you guys so much. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And we will talk to you all next Monday. And I'm working on getting another guest. We may have a, um, a person from another podcast in here. Um, trying to get some more guests in here and all that good stuff. But thank you guys so much. It's been a good time, and I'm getting tired, and I will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>